Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or rocking a six-pack, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code managingmajor at manscaped.com. Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, just dropped their Lawnmower 4.0. I hope you're as excited for this as me because this thing is legit. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Do you or your dad travel a lot? If so, then the 4.0 is the perfect trimmer for home and on the go. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And it's waterproof. You can now shave your balls in the dark, the shower, or anywhere your heart desires. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4. And the new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Fellas, it's time to pull the plug on wire trimmers and your wild bush. Get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code MANAGINGMADRID. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Welcome to a bonus Friday episode of the Managing Madrid podcast where we are here to preview one of the remaining two quote-unquote finals that Real Madrid absolutely have to win if they are to stand any chance at winning a league title, and even if they win those two games, there's there is a little, there's very little uh, optimism that Atleti will drop points. But at the very least, we have to do our part. So, joining Miki Ansobani to preview the first of those two games against Athletic this Sunday, which happens at the same time as every other La Liga game, we're at that stage of the season. Is Jose Perez? Jose, how are you? Hello, Kian, and hello, everyone. Yes, uh, it's gonna ah, God, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna. Be another one. It's interesting because it's been, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, since what 2013, 2014 that we had that like a a league finish that was this close, and yeah, that'll keep keep us fixed to our TVs, hoping hoping for the best. Yeah, um, and we hope for the best. And I will. You know, I've kind of I haven't really spoken to you about this much. I have been vocal about it on my end on other podcasts, but I. Real Sociedad was my hope of Atleti dropping any points. Real Sociedad let me down. They literally did. I, I hated their first half defending the way they, that high line, the way they positioned themselves and let Marcos Llorente, Luis Suarez run behind them over and over again. I hated that. I was disappointed. Probably the same way they were disappointed with Granada against us. And uh, that was my last hope. I don't have much hope in Osasuna. I have a slight, slightest, slightest of hope that Vitaly might do something given that they're fighting for something. But uh, where do you stand on that? Where, do you see Atleti dropping points at all? Yeah, same thing. Like, <laughs> I uh, I was, I think at some point uh, with Eric at Between the Poles, we did it. Like, we were looking at each team's, like, probabilities. Well, not specifically, but, like, they were, he was asking me, he's like, what do you think? Like, who do you think is the most likely? And I still regard it as Atletico because I thought that they had uh, the... Actually, looking back at it, I thought that Barcelona had the less complicated schedule and that we had the hardest one. And and surprising and surprisingly, yeah, uh, Barcelona dropped the ball and now Atletico dealt with the most complicated 
the most complicated game that they still had left. So at this point, I mean, yeah, we still have a pretty tough schedule ahead, a tougher one than, Atle- than Atletico. And yeah, I'm pretty much in the same line as you. Osasuna will probably will likely not be a problem because Osasuna are not yeah are not really fighting for much at this point. Valladolid, maybe, but yeah. It will be. Uh, my main hope was was also Real Sociedad, and yeah, they started out they started out badly in that game. Got really got really close to maybe being able to to get it at the end, but yeah, that that was also my main hope. And yeah, clearly right now it's Atletico's uh, league to lose, basically. Yeah, that sounds about right. So Jose, we faced Athletic twice this season. We faced them in La Liga, where we beat them three one. And uh, that was a pretty good performance overall. Like, generally speaking, it was pretty good. You know, they had some interesting offensive wrinkles. And then we also played them in the uh, the Spanish Super Cup, which we lost 2-1. And um, Athletic in that game were very compact defensively. They packed the flanks. They limited our ability to get in good crosses. We got weak performances from Hazard and Asensio on the flanks. And Lucas Vazquez had a pretty bad game. Uh, was pretty much responsible for two of those goals conceded, those two goals conceded. What has changed since that Super Cup game? If you want, you can just focus on La Liga, depending on how, how much you count the Super Copa as a tactical kind of breakdown or, or a primer for this game. But what has changed since we last faced Athletic in the winter? And what do we need to know about them now? So the interesting thing uh, with Athletic is that when Marcelino first came in, they had that really good... Uh, Supercopa run. Then they had this real this game where they scored like five against Hetafe, and everyone was thinking, "Man, these guys are I don't know are going to be racking racking up points and go on the table really quickly." And but then the the honeymoon uh, the honeymoon man the manager honeymoon bounce kind of wore off, and then Atletic kind of uh, went back to many of the same issues they were experiencing under their previous manager, Guys Cagaritano. Uh, now, uh, there have been some improvements, but I still think that Marcelino, uh, despite Atletic, Atletic kind of going back to many of the same issues they had before, I do think Marcelino has done a, a lot more progress than Garitano uh, in the sense that he's managed to incorporate a lot of... Uh, a lot of younger players, and he's also managed to give Iker Muniain a bigger role uh, in the team, which I th- which I thought was a vital thing. This is something that Garitano kind of failed at, uh, and uh, and now Marcelino is doing a lot better. So now Muniain has a bigger role within the team. He has a bigger creative role, and a lot of the attacks uh, run run through a circuit that goes through Unai Vencedor, the uh, the midfielder actual pivot uh, that pass from Unai Vencedor to say Muniain. This is really where the creative center of Athletic is right now. And the other important thing is that he is giving uh, he's giving more t- more minutes to several younger players. Uh, for example, John Morcillo uh, on the left wing, um, Alex Be- Alex Berenguer on the right wing. And here's the fun part. Uh, the biggest change that you might notice with this Athletic for this game is that it might be the first game in God knows how many years 
where uh, the str the we won't see. There's a chance that we won't see neither Raúl García nor Iñaki Williams starting. So, do you what do you make of a decision like that? Do you because I would rather not face them. What what do you think? Is a, can you explain maybe the thought process behind that a little bit more? Yes. So the thing with Iñaki Williams is that uh, he had been an extremely bad goal scorer. His runs were – he still had an impact on the side. His runs were still very important for the side and for how they attack and create chances. But the goals ha had dried up. We, we are talking about a player who uh, had – hadn't scored let's see he scored one goal in about 16 games uh the goal that he scored to beat Sevilla was the first goal he had scored in about 13 14 games um so just the goals for Iñaki Williams had dried up entirely it's also interesting to think that Iñaki Williams has actually racked up so many like this guy has actually beat records of consecutive starts for Athletic and I think it, like he should be at this point somewhere among like La Liga records for like consecutive starts so this guy has racked up a lot of minutes over the years and at this point maybe his legs were finally feeling it to the point that uh, uh, Williams had an interview like uh, half a month ago where he was saying yeah I actually feel better now that I am uh, that I am as a sub, and I understand that, yeah, that I was not really, I'd like to contribute to the team more with goals, but I haven't been able to do it. So he kind of understood, uh, accepted the fact that right now he was, he was a substitute, and yes, even admitted that in some ways it kind of has worked out a bit better for him recently. And with Raul Garcia, it's also a similar situation. Uh, the goals The goals had dried up. I think he also has, let's see, yeah, about a goal in about 12 games or so. Uh, so now the the strike the striker pair that has started in most of the recent games uh, is uh, Oyan Sanset and Asier Villalibre. So two young strikers. I think Sanset is 21 years old. Villalibre, I think, is 23 years old. Um, and and in a way, it's promising because finally there is a, a big challenge for Athletic was doing a bit of this generational uh, trying to succeed guys like Raul Garcia. And finally, uh, they're getting into a situation with guys like Sunset or Via Libre. They're finally getting into a situation where they can start doing, uh, start giving more minutes to the younger generations. Mm. The Iñaki point is interesting because when you, when you think back to kind of his goals this season, and as you mentioned, he's only scored. Did you say? I think it was six, right? So yeah, he three, has in total. He has in total six, and almost nothing in this second half of the season. Right. I think with him, the reason I'd rather not face him is because I feel like he has a bigger ceiling in in big games. Where I think, like, if you put him against a team that has a high line, like Real Madrid will likely have. I. I have I I feel like he can come come big in transition. Like if you look at three of his goals this season, they've come against uh, bigger opponents. One against Barca, one against Sevilla, and one against Villarreal. I feel like in those games that he can he can maybe has the potential to do something a little bit more. Um, 
I do know against Real Madrid he didn't he hasn't scored yet this season, but I will say that uh, in the first time we played them, it was a matter that was the famous game. Well, famous by like my my weird brain just remembers it being as being famous, but that was the one where Athletic were pressing us really well. They get a red card, and they just have to and Iñaki just has to go and, and join Athletic's really low block for like eighty minutes, and so. I feel like there's definitely room for him to do some damage uh, against us or at least kind of make us work in transition a little bit more. I mean, Raul Garcia is the one that in games like this that just annoys the hell out of you can have a really good game. He scored twice against us in the Super Cup. But um, maybe just going back to your point also about um, the players who might start and might not start, Munyain is out for this game. Ander Kappa mm-hmm. is out for this game. We're going to have Marcelo back. <laughs> what do you think? This is the this is one question. I'd be really interested to know what you think. With Marcelo being back, do you start Miguel Gutierrez in a game like this? Or do you just send Miguel Gutierrez with the Castillo playoffs? Uh, that's actually a fun question because... Because to me, my only argument to send him back with Castilla would be for because they might need his 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 influence for the playoffs. Uh, I so uh, so a good friend of my, a friend of mine over Twitter, uh, a Spanish analyst called uh, Argentinian actually Fabian Piñero, uh, he he always raved about uh, about about Miguel Gutierrez, and it's only until I and I hadn't followed him in Castilla. Uh, and I, what I've seen up to now with the first team, at the very least, makes me think that he deserves, like, I would just like to keep trying him over Marcelo. I am kind of very much in the Miguel bandwagon at the moment. And I would prefer, and I, th- uh, yeah, and I think right now he can have a bigger impact than what Marcelo has been having recently, which, yeah, frankly, has been, has been disappointing. So, yeah, for, I would be on the side of starting Miguel for another game, if I'm honest. Well, Ewan brought up last night on the podcast, this, he threw a curveball at me, which horrified me. He brought up a scenario where Zidane takes Miguel Gutierrez as insurance to to San Mames, but doesn't start him. And then he doesn't play for Real Madrid's A-team or Castilla. That would be horrifying to me. I I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's mm-hmm. a really bad scenario. Um, so So we'll see. I mean... What do you, against a team like Athletic, do you think, um, you know, do you think Marcelo, I mean, is, is, is against a team like Athletic, is, do we have to worry about Marcelo extra just because, you know, they're going to probably go in a lower block or, or, or even, you know, they're obviously, they have games against us where they just go into a high press too. How much do you worry about that left side against a team like Athletic? I do worry a bit because uh, this is, yeah, Marcelino's teams are just fast counterattack teams, and that's 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 what the game is going to be for the most part. So uh, when uh, when uh, we played them in the Supercopa, the Athletic were a bit more aggressive. They through that throughout that tournament, they were rather aggressive about their pressing, uh, and afterwards they still remained somewhat aggressive about their pressing, but. Uh, especially in big games, Athletic seems to be increasingly defending deeper against big opponents. They seem to be defending deeper. 
They did it against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final. They did it too much against Barcelona, to the point, which is part of the reason why they got steamrolled. Uh, they also did it again. They also kept the rather deep block against Sevilla too uh, in their victory against Sevilla. And I would expect them to also uh, stay deeper uh, against Real Madrid. So I would expect the side that is most at this point. I would expect an Athletic that is mostly. Yes, uh, waiting, w- waiting, staying deep, and waiting to hit on the counter. And yes, that's not that that's not a, a great. I, I admit that's not a great scenario for for Marcelo. Uh, the lucky thing is that yeah, there's a good chance that Iñaki Williams will not be the one starting. He will be more of an impact substitution in the second half because he is the one who could exploit that the most. But I still don't think it's a favorable context for Marcelo because this is a team that will aim to attack through fast transitions. Yeah, I do. Um, I know the fact that Fede almost starting this game by necessity because Cruz is out is an interesting one because he at least will help a lot in those situations more than Cruz will defensive. But obviously what you miss with Cruz and Pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of the time, if you're missing Cruz, you're you have it's a net negative. You 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 want him on the field. You, what you miss with with Cruz out of the lineup is that this team is capable of clogging passing lanes and and making things difficult defensively. So not having his press resistance, but also not having his um, surgical eye for for a killer ball is uh, is something that you're going to be sorely that's going to sore, sorely be missed. How do you think Real Madrid mm-hmm. can? Uh, kind of sidestep that without Cruz? Is there a way they can kind of piece it together? How do you see the midfield um, compensating for that? So, uh, let's see. Using uh, using yesterday's game against Granada is a bit difficult because Granada were just bad defending. So, uh, so, to, so to put it this way, uh, Benzema or Valverde are not going to have the space to run freely at Athletic's defense the way the way they were running at Granada's defense yesterday. That is not going to happen. And that's the main thing that will be tougher, for example, for Fede. Uh, uh, Fede, look, uh, Fede looked pretty good yesterday because of that. He got so much space to run at defenders that it was a really ideal context for him. Athletic will be a different kind of challenge. It will be a more compact defense and... It will require, yeah, and, and it just, yeah, it just won't be an ideal context for Fede uh, anymore. Still, the runs will be useful. I one thing I've noticed from Fede recently is that he is not making as many uh, winger style runs as before. I've been seeing him play a bit more central. Uh, the this game against Athletic would re- might require. Uh, kind of the more aggressive version of Fede without the ball, the one that tries to make more runs in behind defenders, that would be, uh, yeah, that would kind of, uh, that would be an idea, uh, an ideal thing for this particular game. Like we need a Fede that's more aggressive without the ball, more time to go into the box, because there will be very, several situations where say it would be like, Ben, like it'll just be like one one man, maybe likely Benzema against all of Athletic's defense in the box, and he will need support there. And r- runs from say Modric and Fede will be important for that. Then on the left side, we will likely see something similar to what happened against Granada, where the one who was taking up the duties as kind of midfield director uh, was more was more Modric. He was more playing on the left side. There were several situations where he kind of went. 
uh, did actually something very similar to what Kroos does, where he goes into like into this left back pocket while while Miguel Gutierrez was the one who was going forward. I mm. I like that interplay a lot, and I think there is promise in in doing that. And it's another reason why I'd also like uh, Miguel to keep playing there because I just saw uh, some promising interactions there. So that would be that would be useful. That that would be useful. And again, Miguel has the problem with Marcelo right now is that the only thing he can do is that he gets to the final third, then whips in across. That's all he can do. It's really hard for him to run yeah. the defenders now. So Miguel has that extra energy, and it would be very benefit. And that's why I think it would be very beneficial uh, to play him against Atletic too. He just has that extra energy that Marcelo doesn't have anymore. Yeah, exactly. That that's the point I made last night too with you. And is that like, look, I know we've only seen Miguel Gutierrez. Um, just a handful of minutes this season, but I don't think it's—I don't think it's premature to say that. Like, I—I I would just trust him more in a game like this, crazy over a, a club legend like Marcelo. But I just feel like Marcelo, because you pointed out, as you pointed out, he's basically resorting to his offense is going to be trying to find the good cross, and he still has a good ball on him. He's has goals, good. Uh, um, good in in swing, out swing, cross on him, whatever. He's good at that. But if that's what you're relying on, I I have trouble seeing how much he can impact this game. I worry about his liability defensively. He's as much as he loves the club. He's just not going to work as hard as as Miguel defensively, who looks like looks confident and you know he's just going to put everything out there. So I would rather just have that effort on the pitch, if nothing else, the effort itself is a huge net positive for us I think with when you go Miguel Gutierrez versus Marcelo so um, I would go with Miguel in this game and again if you're going to take him to just have him on the bench just keep him I think Casilla need him if I'd rather just not take him in that case we'll see um, I guess we'll we'll know tomorrow really because when the squad will be announced tomorrow um, what do you think the key matchups mm-hmm. are in in a game like this where do you see kind of the most important battle Yes. So just to review a bit uh, what the lineup for Athletic will likely be mm. uh, right now, uh, I'm where well, I'm not entirely sure what the situation is with uh, Athletic center back Yeray Alvarez. I think it, yeah, it'll depend on. I don't know if he if he did training today or not, but assuming he doesn't make it on time back from injury, the likely center back pair will be Inigo Martinez and Unai, Nune, Unai Nunez, which is kind of good because Yedai is is kind of, is stronger in the air and yeah, he'd be troublesome to deal with if we say try to whip in a lot of crosses into into Athletic's box. So Unai Nunez hasn't been doing that well, so that's kind of a good thing. Uh so the likely center back pair for now is Inigo Martinez and Unai Nunez. Uh uh Yuri and Ander Kappa are both injured so right now the fullbacks would be Balenciaga on the left and Oscar De Marcos on the right De Marcos has been doing very has done pretty well uh under Marcelino then the double pivot will likely be uh Dani Garcia and Unai Vencedor who has again turned out to be a ra- the most important uh ball pro- uh, midfielder for ball progression in uh, under Marcelino's Athletic so he's having a lot of impact there uh, the wingers will likely be John Morse, the young John Morsi on the left, Alex Berenguer on the right, who has less impact in how Athletic builds up, but he's having, I think he's the Athletic player with most goals this season with eight. So Berenguer from the right is making a lot of aggressive runs 
into into the box from his right wing position. And then the big doubt is up front. Will be uh, the big doubt will be whether Marcelino will keep starting the younger striker duo of Sunset and Villalibre, or will he replace one of those two with Raul Garcia, which is something that could happen. I, as, as a Madridista, I'd be scared. I, I'd always be kind of, yeah, well, more than scared. I'd be, an, I'm annoyed at having to, whenever, whenever we have to face Raul Garcia. He's, he's a player that tends to do well against Real Madrid. So I think there is an argument for Marcelino to start him. I, I am kind of sure that, I, I am, Pretty sure that uh, Williams will still come off from the bench. So the question will be more whether Raul Garcia is going to start or not. So that's kind of the lineup that we're seeing there. Uh, what matchups? Uh, what matchups could be important here? Uh, as you, uh, we'll see what Benzema can do in the air against Athletic centerbacks. Athletic tends to be a pretty strong team at at defending in the air, at defending the box. But Benzema himself is underrated, really, in terms of aerial prowess. I was telling some friends last time that I, I'd like to write something about this because he's just really good in the air. So that's going to be a big duel, whether Benzema can beat these guys in the box. Um, as far as midfield, um, uh, as far as mid midfield and, and our wingers, uh Eh, this Athletic will be more of a collect rather than a than a specific. I don't see any specific individual duel because beating this Athletic deep block will be more of a more of a team uh, more of a team more of a collective uh, more of a collective kind of challenge. Um, they are pretty good. All of these all of, De Marcos, for example, tends to be a pretty good player when it comes to individual duels. So it will not whether it's uh, Asart or whether it's Vinicius, it will be. He won't be easy to beat uh, one versus one on that wing. Uh, so, so yeah, generally, as far as the duels, to me, I, the one I'm thinking more is Benzema versus the center backs. The rest of the attack, yeah, it'll be more of a collective effort to break down uh, this athletic team. Then on the other side of the pitch, Real's defenders. Um, we will see what happens. It depends... Uh, uh, on who starts at the in the fullback positions, but yes, once Iñaki Williams comes in, likely in the second half, of course they'll have to watch out for his runs behind the fullbacks. Uh, yeah, like a scenario that wouldn't be good would be if Real hasn't scored a goal by then. Uh, they are committing more and more men forward, and then it'd be a good scenario for Marcelino to put Iñaki Williams in and try to make those runs behind fullbacks. That yeah, that would be a danger. That's like a duel in a situation where yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be dang, particularly dangerous. And then of course, if Raúl García plays, then he'll be an annoyance. Uh, he'll be an annoyance at the Casemiro zone. He'll be in like fighting, uh, fighting aerial duels there. He'll be an annoyance also fighting in the box against uh, the center backs. But I think these days where uh, Real is pretty well covered there. Uh, even even if Jose Baran are not are not here, quite simply because Militao has shown that he is a pretty physically imposing guy, and yeah, I think I think Raúl García, even if he starts, will have a bad time there. But that's that's an interesting duel that would be coming up. Definitely, totally ready for some major Raúl García annoyances and something happening that is going to be truly, truly annoying. And uh, you just hope that we can. Come out of this on top. I think this is of the two remaining games, though Villarreal are the better team. 
this is the one that I think is going to be more difficult of the two. Athletic are, are not in great form. They do have their defensive issues this season, but in games like this where they have to play a bigger team, we see how that story goes. They, you know, they obviously recently beat Atletico, and uh, they've given us problems this season. And one of the one of the reasons we we beat them earlier in the league was because of that early red card. That was a little bit harsh on them, but it's a different story. And they obviously beat us in the Super Cup, so there's definitely room for a for a for a, quite a battle uh, this weekend on Sunday. And Villarreal will will likely rest players against us because of the Manchester United Europa League final. So I think this is the one where, uh, obviously, we have to win both. But this is the one where we really have to to lock down and, and double down and make sure we come away with a W. Do you have any predictions you want to give us? Uh, ooh, so in terms of uh, match result predictions, um, I am... God, okay, every time I make predictions, I'm always afraid this is going to turn out terribly. But I am actually positive, kind of positive about this. It, I do agree that it'll be, uh, in a way, uh, even though Athletic are not a better team than Villarreal, I definitely agree with you that it'll be a more difficult opponent, quite simply because of deep block versus high press kind of thing. Villarreal will be more aggressive in their defending. They will press higher. There will be more spaces against them. With Athletic, it will be harder because it'll be a deeper block. We, team struggles more breaking down these compact deeper blocks so it'll be more like it'll be more painful to play against it'll be a close game it'll be worst case scenario uh it'll be worst case scenario i see a draw and best case scenario a, a close a close victory one like a one zero kind of thing so there will be suffering involved uh, those odds sound okay, uh, and I agree with the suffering part. There will be some kind of suffering. So, uh, Jose, thanks for your time. We will uh, we will see you again probably before the Villarreal game. That will be the last one of the season. Then maybe we'll take a little break, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll reconvene again in the summertime. But uh, thanks for your insight as always, and enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks, thanks, Jose. Take care. Thank you, Kian. Thanks for having me, and thanks everyone for listening.